أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ بَدَّلُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ Have you not considered those people who exchanged the blessing of Allah? Allah gave them a blessing and they gave that up, meaning they gave it in exchange for what? Kufran, disbelief or ingratitude. When Allah gives a blessing, how is it that you can keep that blessing? What is it that will let that blessing remain with you? What? Gratitude, shukr. Because لَإِن شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ And if a person is ungrateful, then what happens? He loses that blessing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave a blessing to certain people. And what did they do? They gave that blessing back. They said, we don't want it. How did they do that? By showing ingratitude. By showing they didn't care. They didn't want that blessing. What blessing is this? Which people are these? It's basically referring to the people of Makkah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A prophet from among themselves. Such a huge blessing. But yet, they didn't believe in him. They didn't show any kind of gratitude for that blessing. They did not benefit from him. أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ بَدَّلُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ كُفْرًا And when they did that, وَأَحَلُّوا قَوْمَهُمْ دَارَ الْبَوَارِ أَحَلُّوا They settled. Who? Their people. Where? دَارَ الْبَوَارِ In the home of ruin. أَحَلُّوا is from حَالَامْ لَامْ حَلَّ is literally to open up a knot. Okay? You see like a bag zipped up. When is it that you open it? Like a suitcase. Okay? You zip it up, you put a lock on it. When will you open it? When you reach your destination. Right? When you intend to stay there for some time, then you will open it. So, ahalla is basically to set camp somewhere. To reach your destination and set camp, I mean, intend to stay there for some time. If not forever. If not for, you know, your life. So these people, they brought their people where? Dar al-Bawar. The home of ruin. Bawar is utter, complete loss, complete destruction. But gradually. You know, gradually a person is heading towards destruction and eventually completely annihilated, completely destroyed. So the Quraysh, what did they do? They disbelieved themselves and they led others in that disbelief also. Because they were alladhina stakbaru. And their followers, al-du'afa, they blindly followed them. And they led their people where? To the home of destruction. How? By disbelieving in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What is that home of destruction? Jahannam, hellfire. Yaslawnaha, that they will enter to burn. Wabi'sal qarar. And what a terrible place of settlement. Meaning what a bad place they chose for themselves. If they had believed then they would have reached the sky. If they have believed, they would have benefited so much. But because they chose to disbelieve, they had no stability in this life, no stability in the akhirah. And as a result, where do they end up? The home of destruction, which is hellfire, which is a terrible place of settlement. وَجَعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا And they made for Allah أَنْدَادًا Equals, partners, rivals. This is what Got them from believing. They were too lost in others besides Allah. To mislead people from His way. Because you see, when partners are associated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who do people forget? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other day I was thinking about this, that why is shirk such a big deal? Is it a big deal? It's a very big deal. A person cannot enter Jannah if he commits shirk. And if you think about it, the logic the mushrikeen used to present, that we only worship these idols so that we can get closer to Allah. They're like a connection for us. Even that is considered shirk. If a person does that, Jannah is haram on them. Why? You know why? Because when anyone is associated with Allah, then people forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because, you know like when there's something original, and then there's fake stuff. Okay? There's fake stuff. What is easy to get your hands on? The original or the fake stuff? Fake stuff. It's cheaper, it's more common, you can get it from the dollar store even. Right? You can get it easily. You could order it on eBay, get it from China for like, you know, quarter of the price or even less than that. It's easily attainable. And that will satisfy you. The fake will satisfy you. Because what is original is more precious and you have to strive in order to get it. You have to put in more effort to get it. So when partners are associated with Allah, what happens? People, they get lost in the idols. They get lost in the people. And this is how shirk began, right? Some righteous people, they admired them so much, they said, let's make pictures of them. Let's make images of them. The idols were made. We please them so that Allah will be happy with us. And then Allah was completely forgotten. And people just came in order to please their gods, serve them, sacrifice for them. This is how shirk began. So when shirk is committed, people are misled from the truth. This is why shirk is such a big problem. It's such a serious sin. لِيُضِلُّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ قُلْ تَمَتَّعُوا Say, enjoy yourselves. فَإِنَّ مَصِيرَكُمْ إِلَى النَّارِ For indeed your destination is the fire. Enjoy for a little while. Go ahead. Persist on your shirk. Avoid the kalima tayyiba. And see what happens eventually. قُلْ Say, O Prophet ﷺ, Say, to لِعِبَادِي To my servants. Tell my servants, meaning those who believe in me, those who worship me, those who strive to please me, alladina amanu, those who have believed, what should they do? They should yuqimu salah, they should establish the prayer. And wayunfiku, they should also spend mimma razaqnahum, out of that which we have provided them. How should they spend? Sirran, secretly, privately, such that no one finds out about that sadaqah, wa'alaniya, and also openly, such that other people find out about that charity. Meaning, this is what is expected of a believer. When there is kalima tayyiba, when there is iman, firmly rooted in the heart, then it must be shown through the actions. Which actions are mentioned over here in particular? Salah and infaq, spending. Salah and infaq, not nifaq. Nifaq is hypocrisy. Okay? Infaq. Anfaqa yunfiqu infaq, to spend. So they should pray and they should spend. Their time, their body, they should use in doing what? Praying salah. And their money, what should they do with it? Spend. Because these two things that you have, right? These two things you have, right? You have your body, your time, your physical ability. And secondly, your other biggest asset is your money, your stuff, your property. So 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the believers that they should spend both of these in His way. Why? Min qabli, before, an yatiya yawmun, that a day comes. Which day? La bay'un fihi, in which there will be no bay'un, no trade. Wala khilal, nor any friendship. A day is coming when you cannot use your money to buy anything and you cannot use any friendship to get any form of help. In this dunya, whenever we're in some kind of difficulty or when we want to get something done, what is it that we turn to? Either our friends or our money. If we have money, we will hire someone to get the job done. If we don't have money, then what do we do? We turn to our friends, please help us. Come on man, help me. Let me get this done. I really need your help. I can't afford to do this myself. I don't have the energy. I don't have the money. Can't hire someone. I need your help. So in this dunya, when you want to get something done, either your money helps or your friends help. And alhamdulillah for such friends. And alhamdulillah for such money. That lets you, you know, progress in life. That lets you get your things done. But on the day of judgment, can money help? Can friends help? No. لا بيع فيه ولا خلال. No money can help. No friends can help. So, what should we do then? Prepare now. Prepare now. Use those friends today. Do good with them today. Use this money today. Do good with that money today. But what happens when we are with our friends, with our companions, with our family? We want to spend time having fun and enjoyment. This friendship should be a means of getting closer to Allah. This friendship, every friendship that Allah has blessed us with should be a means of getting closer to Allah. Should be a means of pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That friends get together to do that which Allah is happy with. You know, for example, five friends together somewhere. Do some work and they're also eating. But then, obviously when you're spending time with your friends, the time to pray will also come in. So, how is it that you can use this friendship to make Allah happy? How? That when the time to pray comes, one gives the adhan, the other gives the iqama, men, okay, and the rest of the people, they're praying. If you were by yourself, alone, could you pray in Jamara? Could you get the reward of 27 times more? You couldn't. But through these friends, Alhamdulillah, you can get more reward. Right? Money. Through it also. This is an asset, a means that Allah has given to do something with which He will be happy. We can use our money to buy things that will decorate our house. Okay? And as much as we love them, and as much as we are allowed to do that, go ahead, do it. But... When you buy something to decorate your house with, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You can decorate your house a little bit, be happy, be proud of it, but then later it becomes a burden. A little bit of that money could also be spent to decorate the masjid, the house of Allah. And that will be more rewarding because that will make it to the akhirah. The crystal will be crushed to bits when the day of judgment will occur. Perhaps even before that. But what was spent in Allah's cause will be written and recorded forever. So use these friends, these relationships that Allah has blessed you with today 
to get closer to Allah. And the money that Allah has blessed you with today, use that to get closer to Allah. Because on that day, no friendship can help, no money can help. The Prophet ﷺ said, Indeed, charity extinguishes the heat of the grave from its people. Charity, sadaqah, will extinguish the heat of the grave. Which means that the graves, they have punishment. So what is it that will reduce that, that will finish that? What? The sadaqah that a person gives. The money that a person spends in Allah's way. And a believer will take the shade of his charity on the Day of Judgment. So use this money, invest it in what will help you forever. Imam Bukhari, he had no greed for money. No greed for money at all. So much so, that once he had 10,000 dinar with him. And you know what dinar are? Silver or gold? I think it's gold. But you're talking about a precious metal, not copper, not something else. Gold. Dinar. And he had 10,000 of those. Have you ever seen a gold coin? Maybe when somebody gets married, you know, they get a gold coin, or somebody gets, you know, accomplished something big and somebody gives them a gold coin. Imagine 10,000 gold coins. If you had that, what would you do? So Imam Bukhari had 10,000, and he was traveling on a ship. And on a ship, you're not on the ship for you know one day, you're there for quite some time. So he made friends with someone in the sense that he spoke to them. And in that conversation, he also mentioned to that man that you know he had 10,000 dinar with him. And next day that man, he says, I have lost 10,000 dinar, somebody stole my money. You know why he did that? So that people would look for the money, they would find it with Imam Bukhari, and they would say, oh, you stole his money, give it back to him. So the people, they looked and looked and looked all over the ship and they couldn't find any dinar. And they said to that man, be quiet, you're just fussing. Okay? So that man, he went up to Imam Bukhari and he said, where is the hiding place? Where did you hide? I mean, you know and I know that you have that money. Where did you put it? He said, I got rid of it. He's like, what? He said, yeah, when you said that, I took that money. And I hid it in my clothes, went off to the side of the ship and tossed it in the water. It's like, you what? Shocked. Because Imam Bukhari did not want to be accused of theft. Even if the money was discovered with him, Imam Bukhari could have proven that he was innocent. That that money was actually his and not that man's. Right? He could have done that. But he did not want that record of being accused of theft. He didn't want that on his record. Why? Because he had spent his entire life learning hadith, teaching hadith, preserving hadith. He did not want any kind of criminal record. Any kind. This is why he easily gave up 10,000 dinar. So easily he just threw it in the water. And this was what? His service, his contribution to the deen. This was his contribution to the deen. If he hadn't done that, we would not have Sahih Bukhari today. Or we would have had Bukhari, but perhaps it would not be called Sahih Bukhari. If he had not given up those 10,000 dinar. People would not have trusted him. There would be doubts about his credibility. But he gave it up so easily. 
for the sake of this deen, for the sake of Allah. This was his sacrifice. So what are we willing to sacrifice for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that on that day, we will have something to protect ourselves with. Allah says, قُلْ لِعِبَادِي My servants, those who love me, those who want my love, tell them. Those who believe that they should pray salah and they should spend out of what we have given them secretly and openly. Secretly so that nobody finds out, not even the husband, not even the mother, not even the friend. And openly, so that other people know that you are someone who gives charity. Before such a day comes when nothing can be done to save yourself, to help yourself. Allahu Ladi, Allah is the one who خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ Who has created the heavens and the earth. He is the one who has created everything, the skies and the earth. وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً And He has sent down from the sky water. He sends down rain from the sky. Rain that you don't have to pay for. You don't have to pay for. But if you're thinking of getting your yard watered on a regular basis and you're thinking of getting sprinklers installed, that costs money. And then watering your yard on a regular basis, that even costs money. You have to pay for that water, right? But if Allah sends down rain, what do you have to pay? What do you have to pay? Nothing. أَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ He produces thereby, meaning because of that water, fruits as provision for you, food for you. وَسَخَرَ لَكُمُ الْفُلْكِ And He has subjected the ship for you. لِتَجْرِيَ So that those ships may flow فِي الْبَحْرِ In the sea بِأَمْرِهِ At His command. That those ships don't sink, they sail, they float. وَسَخَّرَ لَكُمُ الْأَنْهَارِ And He has subjected the rivers for you. سَخَّرَ تَسْخِيرِ What does تَسْخِيرِ mean? To control and subject, to put to service. So all of these things, they have been controlled by certain laws of nature, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? So that they are serving who? Us. They're working in whose favor? Ours. The entire universe is benefiting us. وَسَّخَّرَ لَكُمُ الشَّمْسَ And He has subjected for you the sun. Big, huge, fiery sun is serving who? Human beings. وَالْقَمَرَ And the moon. Also He has subjected for you. دَائِبَيْنَ Continuously. دَائِبَيْنَ Plural of دَائِب Meaning both the sun and the moon are دَائِب What is دَائِب? دَائِب is one who does دَأَبَ دَأَبَ to continuously walk. To continuously Walk without stopping. So the sun and the moon constantly on their orbit, the sun constantly rising and setting, rising and setting, the moon constantly increasing, decreasing. Okay? This cycle is never ending. And he has subjected for you the night. Why? So that you can rest. And the day, why? So that you can work. Everything continuously working for the benefit of man. وَآتَاكُمْ And He gave you مِنْ كُلِّ From every مَا that which سَأَلْتُمُوهُ You have asked Him. Everything that you ask Him for, He gives it to you. How is it that we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? In two ways. One, through قَوْل And secondly, through حَال through قول, sometimes we want something, we ask, Ya Allah, please, may I have this? 
Ya Allah, please, please, please. We beg, beg, beg. We ask Allah. We ask Him through so many ways. In our sajda, in our salah, outside our salah, at the time when we're breaking our fast. Right? We are asking Allah. Always asking, asking, asking. Does He give us? Yes, He does. And if He doesn't give us now in this world, then definitely later. And there are so many other things which Allah gives us without even us asking for them. He gives us, why? Because our state demands it. Like for example, did we ever ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a certain amount of oxygen in a day? Did we? Did we ever ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that our tear ducts should be opened and our eyes should be of a certain shape and form? No. Did we ever ask Allah that our heart should beat a certain number of times in one minute, in one hour? Did we ever ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? No. Did we ever ask Allah to let the blood flow through our body at a certain speed? Did we? No. But our state, our weakness, our humanness, that demands that all of these things should be allowed to function. And Allah has responded. Allah has given us everything that we need. Everything that our tongue asks for, and our state asks for. وَآتَاكُمْ مِنْ كُلِّ مَا وَإِنْ and if you count نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ the blessing of Allah لَا تُحْصُوهَا You can never ever enumerate. You can never ever list it. تُحْصُو from إِحْصَى and إِحْصَى is to number. It's also used for statistics. When you're playing with numbers, when you're working with numbers, if you start counting the blessings that Allah has given you, you could spend an entire lifetime doing that, you wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to count the blessings that Allah has given you for free. إِنَّ insan, Indeed, the human being, and this is general, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانِ لَظَلُومٌ Surely he is most unjust. كَفَّارُ Very, very ungrateful. The human being in general is very unjust. How? That he abuses these blessings. That he abuses these blessings. And he is very, very ungrateful. How? That he counts the problems and he forgets the blessings. He counts the problems, the things that are missing, the things that are against his wishes, and he forgets the numerous blessings that Allah has given him. He takes so much and he doesn't show anything. He benefits so much, but he doesn't show any kind of gratitude, neither to people nor to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something that every single one of us is guilty of. If you think about it, on a daily basis, on a daily basis, on average, what is it that we are thinking about? Every day, every morning, every evening, every night, what is it that we're thinking about? Our problems. We're stressed out because problems. We're anxious because problems. We're angry because problems. We're tired and frustrated because problems. But if you think about it, what we have enjoyed, what we have benefited from, 
the blessings that we have used in that day, in that night, are far more than the few problems that Allah is testing us with. In every situation of life, remember, every moment, we are enjoying more and suffering less. In this life, we are benefiting more and suffering less. Our blessings are always more than our problems. And this is a fact. This is true for every single human being, no matter what issue he is suffering from. Whether it is a social issue or physical issue, a mental issue, any kind of problem he is suffering from, blessings are always more. They're always more. This is why Allah says, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَظَلُومٌ kafar." Because if you ever compare the things that are working fine and the things that are not working fine, what is more? The things that are working fine. The things that are right. But إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَظَلُومٌ kafar." He is unjust that he does not acknowledge those blessings. He doesn't count those blessings. He doesn't remember those blessings. He doesn't thank Allah for those blessings. He's kafar, he's ungrateful because he's always complaining. Even the good that he has been given, he complains about it. Even the blessings, he finds problems in them. And if you think about it, the number of blessings that Allah has given us at every level, just look at your hand only. What are the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in our hands? The fact that we have a hand. First and foremost. Then, start from the surface, the skin. Imagine if the skin wasn't there. The sense of touch. We experience warmth, we experience cold also. Right? We can touch, we can feel, we can feel others touch. This sense is amazing. The color of the skin. We're always complaining about it. Oh my hands, they've become so dark. They've lost their beautiful color. Oh my cuticles, my nails. Go a little deeper. Inside, what do you have? An amazing nervous system that's even the arteries, whatever it is, the the teeny teeny veins. I mean, they're all over. Causing the blood to flow. Go a little deeper. You have muscles because of which you can move. How easily you can move your hand without even thinking. Without even thinking. How you write? Do you consciously write? Okay, let me write an A. Think about it. You know, move, move, move my hand upwards and then downwards. No, you don't even think about it and you're writing so many words. You go on typing. You go on cooking. Without even thinking. The bones. Amazing. Even these lines that we have, right, on our fingers. So you have three sections on each finger. Some people have two sections on their thumb, but many people have three, right? But it's so easy. I mean, I remember counting as I was a child on my fingers. Even now you count. Just this morning I was counting something. And on my fingers, such a big blessing. I remember in high school, once we dissected a fetal pig, and we saw so many like arteries and veins everywhere and it was just so hideous 
to once we cut open the skin, what we saw inside, and that's us inside. And I realized like what a blessing skin is because it makes you look so put together and so beautiful. And sometimes all we are concerned about is skin tone and we judge others by their skin tone. But look at how beautiful the skin is because without the skin, we look so ugly. You don't know yes. like Can what you it looks like. When somebody you know, has a cut or a wound somewhere and then you see what is inside, you can't even look at it. الَّذِي خَلَقَكَ فَسَوَّاكَ فَعَدَلَكَ So a lot of girls are like very concerned about their weight and how they have so much fat and stuff. But there's, I was watching a video about this one girl who can't gain any fat and how she looks compared to everyone else and how people judge her. So we don't even like consider the fact that fat is also a blessing for us. My son, like he, he wasn't able to find out a scale. I taught him, you have a centimeters here in your hand and inches in your hand, you know. Then he said, oh, mom, really? So I'm going to put my thumb like this. It's going to be turned into one centimeter and like inches. So we have a scale in our hand. You can measure with your hand even, right? You have a scale in your hand. You have a abacus in your hand, right? You have so much in your hand. Recently I was observing a newborn baby because my daughter just had a baby and you know a baby's hands they just move so erratically like he couldn't even control like the hand it strikes and scratches his face he cannot control it I mean we start off like that and then we reach such a peak of perfection that we are able able to do such beautiful drawings and calligraphy And you know, I was thinking, subhanAllah, we start off like that and when we get all those abilities, we forget to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We think we just got it by our own self. Another thing that I wanted to share was that everybody's palm print is unique. There are no two people, even twins who resemble each other do not have the same palm print. And in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, I will recreate you to your fingertips. And science only discovered this a couple of years ago. So you have your ID in your hand. You have a scale. You have an abacus. You have a thermometer. Okay. You have so much in your hand. So much in your hand. In ta'uddu ni'matallahi la tuhsuha. You can never ever count them. So at least say thank you to Allah. At least say Alhamdulillah. In every problem, remember the blessings. Don't complain. But unfortunately we complain too much. Too much. In our bodies we have so many blessings. In our social life, I mean, the blessing of peace and security. This Ramadan, if I felt a blessing, really was afraid for a blessing, that was a blessing of peace and security. Because there are many, many people who don't have this blessing of peace and security. They don't know if they will live until the evening. I mean, even we don't know that. But for them, it's more obvious. They've lost their houses. They've lost their work. They've lost their limbs. They've lost their children, they've lost their spouses, they've lost their families, their parents, their friends, their neighborhoods. They've lost so much. They've lost so much. But we complain about so many things, we're not grateful for the blessings that Allah has given us. As-salamu alaykum. The other day I remember I was washing dishes and I caught my hand. 
So the glass broke and cut my hand. It was big. And I hold it like this, and I went to the doctor. One hour I hold it. SubhanAllah, it, like somebody stitch it, it's hold each other like that, the wound. Yeah. I was thinking, Allah al-Jabbar, he can, you know, fix, fix things. Yeah. But it's amazing how you get a cut in your hand, and then it's sealed. The other day the same thing happened with me. I was picking up broken glass, and it cut my finger. And this morning, my son was remembering that, Mama, remember when your hand got cut? I'm like, yeah, just happened the other day, but I don't even know where the cut is. He's like, only Allah knows? Like, yeah, only He knows. I don't know where the cut is. I really don't know. So quickly, you know, your body heals. You don't have to be on its case constantly. And there are times when there are big wounds and you know stitches and you have to look after that wound. Then you realize what a big blessing it is that the body heals itself. I was just talking about another blessing of our nails too. I learned in one of my classes that you can tell if you have a disease or a sickness just by the color of your nails. So a regular, like normal, it's pinkish color. But if you have white nails or blue nails, like, you know, not like painted blue, but I mean like even light. Bluish, purplish. Yeah, that means you have some kind of deficiency or disease and you should go check it out. Yeah, and if they're yellow, that also indicates something. And if the texture of the nails is not smooth, I mean there's too many lines, that also means you may have an iron deficiency. Just the hand. Just the hand. Now look at your nails. And they will tell you a lot about your health. وَإِن تَعُدُّوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْصُوهَا So now don't complain about the way your hands are. Oh, my hands are too masculine. Yes. But one of the greatest blessings, the fact that Allah created us a human being, gave us a mind that is sound, a body that is sound, and the blessing of iman. In regards to the hands, there's two things I want to share. One, whatever is going on inside the hand, all the systems that are working together, be it the nervous system, the uh, you know circulatory system, the respiratory system, all of it's working together. None of it is lacking in any way or form. Like there's diseases that clog up the arteries, the capillaries, so it stops the blood flow. But subhanAllah, the blood is flowing to our hands so that we are able to move it. The nerves are working. I know someone who... Like major degree burns, for example, they make you lose the sense of touch yes. in your skin cells. And that person has that. They can't feel anything because the skin was burnt so badly. And subhanAllah, we don't even realize how much of a blessing that is. And the other thing, subhanAllah, the shape of a human's hand is unique in comparison to any other creature out there. Mm-hmm. Usually in terms of animals, we can group them to animals that have hoofs, animals that have this type of shape, this type of shape. They're similar to each other. But no animal has a shape that is quite like a human's hand. Even apes and chimpanzees or whatever, they have something like ours, but it's not like their fingers are longer, the thumb. Like we don't realize how much of a blessing the thumb is. And (laughs) this is far more beautiful than a chimp's hand. Right? Far more smooth, soft. Sometimes we're thankless just by the way that we don't use the blessings we have. Like I know a few teenagers who have intellectual disabilities and even physical disabilities to the point where their parents have to help them in the morning just getting ready in the morning, like brushing their teeth or like 
and making breakfast for them and helping them eat. And they're teens now, like they're grown up. So like imagine what we can do, like just our communication is so complex. We can multitask, we can make friends, you know, we can, we can socialize, we can do so much. And what are we doing with it, right? Like Allah will question us, what did you do with it? And this is part of being thankless if we don't do good with it. Yes. Jazakallah khair for bringing that point because shukr is through words and also through actions. Right? So the blessings that Allah has given us, what are we doing with them? First of all, are we verbally thanking Allah? And secondly, through our use of these blessings, are we showing appreciation? That we're using them in the right way, not abusing them, but using them in the right way. And when we do use them, what do we do? Are we doing something that will make Allah happy, that will benefit others? Or are we just sitting on our hands and wasting our lives? The hands that Allah has given us there, you can do so much with them. You can write, you can give, you can cook, you can touch. Right? You can work, you can do so much. But many times, there's work sitting in front of us. You know, something that we can do to contribute. That we just sit back and relax. Forgetting that these blessings will not be there with us forever. This reminds me in grade 3 class, some teachers were sharing their experiences. And this teacher says, in grade 3, she asked her students to write down the seven wonders of the world. Everybody spent some time in their paper, and they wrote down the seven wonders of the world. This kid kept sitting there and not handing the paper to the teacher. Then she calls out, she said, and come to me. And the student went to the teacher and the student said, all I can think of are the five wonders, which is God-given wonders instead of man-made wonders. So she spoke about the five senses. Five senses, yeah. They are amazing. The seven wonders of the world are made by man. But the amazing, miraculous things that Allah has blessed people with, they are truly amazing. And amongst them, and just in our body, the five senses, smell, the ability to smell, the ability to see, the ability to hear, touch, feel. What big blessings they are. So really, we need to think about this. First of all, Allah has given us everything that we need. We start playing like uh, you know we are most miserable and we are deprived and we have nothing. We don't have this sense of, you know, that Allah has given us a lot. He has not made you poor. He has given you a lot. Secondly, So many blessings that if you start counting them, you won't be able to list them. And thirdly, we see, Human being is very unjust, unfair, when he says, Allah was unfair to me. Allah did this to me. And he is kafar, very ungrateful that he doesn't look at the blessings, rather he always looks at the tests. The Prophet ﷺ, after eating, he would say, Alhamdulillahi kathira. After eating food, he would say, Alhamdulillahi kathira, tayyiban, mubarakan, fih, ghayra makfihin, wala muwadda'in, 
Alhamdulillahi kathira, all praise to Allah, praise that is tayyib, that is pure, that is mubarak, that is abundant, beautiful, ghayra makfiyin. Meaning, Wallah, your blessings, we can never have enough of them. We can never have enough of them. We can never say that, yes, this is enough. غَيْرَ مَكْفِيِّنْ وَلَا مُوَدَّعِنْ Nor can we abandon your blessings that you have given us. We can't do without them. وَلَا مُسْتَغْنًا عَنْهُ رَبَّنَا And our Lord, we are not free of need of these blessings. We are needy of you. We are desperately in need of you. If we don't have you to give us, what can we do? Where can we go? So he would show his servitude, his dependency on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even after eating. In this verse, we can see how much Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves us and cares for us. He's the one who has created us and He's made us. And He knows all of our flaws, all of our mistakes, all of our shortcomings. It's like an inventor who makes project or whatever it may be. He knows that, okay, it's, you know, it works well in this situation and whatever, it doesn't work well in this. Right? So it, he knows what's good and bad about it and he tries to improve it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows what is wrong. Like He's mentioned it here in this verse. We are unjust and you know, we are ungrateful. And he tells us this, and but despite that, he still gives to us. He doesn't just And he tells us, us so that we can realize our faults and fix them. And every time we have feelings of ingratitude and anger and frustration, we can replace them with feelings of gratitude. Because in every problem... There is a blessing. So look at the positive, the bright side. I was raised in a family in which like, we are not allowed to use the hands while eating rice, right? We used to have you know, a fork and uh, spoons. But alhamdulillah, while I'm having friends over here, I remember like uh, before last Ramadan, was, um, my friend said, no, you have to eat with your hands, right? Uh, rice especially. And she taught me, uh, like, uh, this is really good for yourself as well. But alhamdulillah, I really realized, right, you know, when somebody licks the fingers in our family, they say, no, what are you doing? Okay, now alhamdulillah, eating with the hand, rice especially, is really helpful for us also, especially in digestion system also. So we've been given our utensils even. <laughs> it's amazing, just one hand, so many blessings. So many blessings. So your homework is, think about, the different blessings that you have in your life. And you could choose just one part. Like today we just discussed the hand. Okay? So you could choose maybe the face, just the tongue, teeth, feet, okay? Nose, arm, elbow, shoulder, bones, whatever. Okay? And share with the people in your group because the more we reflect the more we realize and the more we realize, the more inshallah we can be grateful. Perhaps our ingratitude would decrease and our gratitude would increase. Recitation. أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ بَدَّلُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ كُفْرًا جَهَنَّمَ يَصْلَوْنَهَا وَبِئْسَ الْقَرَارِ وَجَعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا لِيُضِلُّوا عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ قُلْ تَمَتَّعُوا فَإِنَّ مَصِيرَكُمْ إِلَى النَّارِ قُلْ لِعِبَادِيَ 